This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons, tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. This is show seven of our seventh show marathon today that we commenced this morning. Wow. We did three shows this morning, and uh, this is our fourth one of the evening. I call this a real marathon. Um, Well, six is really a marathon, too, or even five, but this is a good-sized marathon. I think the world record we've ever done, Doug, is 11 shows in one day. Wow. Now, I can do it if we need to, but, boy, looking back at it, I don't know that I will. Yeah. (laughs) Um. But we'll see. We may need to do it before it it all wraps up. Um, But praise God. It's good to be here. And um, welcome aboard wherever you're tuning in from. Brother Doug, do you want to open us up in prayer? Sure. Flip the switches on the wall. Hold on just a minute. My power strip's turned off here. By the door. All of them up. If you're just joining us, we're live with Doug Perry from fellowshipofthemartyrs.org. Is it .org or .com? .com. Okay, fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. Lord God Almighty, we thank you so much for this time. We bless your holy name. We thank you for choosing us for a time such as this. We could have been at the Battle of Waterloo in Napoleon's army getting mowed down by cannons we could have been all kinds of things in history but you made us for this I don't know how we qualify I don't know what we're supposed to do but I ask that you'd give us everything that we need that we could get through this and bring you glory We thank you for the show tonight, for the the endurance you've given Shannon all day long for the marathon. We ask that you'd guide our words tonight and that you'd accomplish your purposes in all of this and get the right people to hear it, either now or later. 
and that we'd have a a positive impact on your bride. If anything's said that's not of you, please let it fall to the ground harmless. We just want to be a blessing. We pray all this to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, Doug, welcome back. How you been since last time, my friend? Busy, constantly busy. You got to be busy. Oh really? yeah, yeah. I was uh, today. We took uh, three pallets of hand soap that we had donated and traded with the Amish store of hour or so away for three pallets of discount groceries that they didn't want anymore. Oh wow! So we could stock our food pantry for people and have it at the we have a thrift store and a community storehouse where people can come get what they need we had a family yesterday that uh, has had a hard time and is just trying to get on their feet Um, got help to get an apartment but they're sleeping on the floor and we just outfitted them with everything for free uh, out of the back out of the warehouse and when people donate uh, crutches and wheelchairs and potty chairs and shower seats and you know anything like that, walkers, we just store it up for whoever needs it and God bless them and let them take it and bring it back when Grandma doesn't need it anymore and we'll give it to the next grandma or whatever, whatever it takes. You know, it's the kind of stuff the body could do if the churches were all working together, uh, and the kind of stuff that. Uh, the Bible, one of the most abused passages in the Bible is Malachi chapter 2. You're stealing from God because you don't bring your meat to the storehouse. And it really is about meat to the storehouse. It's not about tithing on the gross and not the net so the pastor can get a jet plane. It really is about taking your meat to the storehouse. The Levites didn't have any land and they depended on the the people. So you'd bring the first fruits of your grapes or your your uh, wheat harvest or whatever the first fruits of your flock and they would offer it to the Lord and the fat would burn up but the the meat would cook and the Levites would have what they needed and then anybody that was hungry could come to the temple and the Levites would feed the poor too and um, that was the social safety net at the time and if the church were really be in the church then anybody could come to the church and there'd be resources there for them to have what they need. You know, most people in the world would love to live in the uh, trash heaps of America. There's uh, plenty, plenty there to get rich off of or to resell or to repurpose or whatever. Um, We've been 20 years uh, running a homeless shelter and food pantry. For a while we did scrap metal to create jobs we did a semi-trailer a day of scrap metal process and pulling the pot the copper and the aluminum and the brass out to make extra money for a whole bunch of probably 50 thrift stores and uh create jobs for some of our guys living with us that were maybe otherwise unemployable we had a crew of three or four guys that did nothing but aluminum and called themselves the illuminati uh and uh <laughs> But it it helped pay for the rent and created some jobs and and uh, we've done a whole bunch of stuff. One day I was I was uh, forklifting metal around and the Lord said, "You know, you're doing the gospel." I said, "Huh?" He said, "The whole point of the gospel 
is to take something that was headed for the incinerator that was on the trash heap, pluck it off, dust it off, repurpose it, and give it a new life. And uh, that's what you're doing when you recycle the metal. That's what you're doing for the guys under the bridges. That's what I did with you. And uh, we do it with the grocery stores. Every day we have crews going out picking up restaurants and grocery store leftovers and uh, giving it away. Uh, yesterday we just added two new Papa John's. We got five McDonald's, a Pizza Hut, two KFCs, a couple of big grocery stores, a Longhorn Steakhouse, and a Pizza Buffet. <laughs> and uh, we got to wow. keep track of all of that and pay the gas to go collect it all and then just give it away to whoever needs it. And we don't uh, check ID. We don't put them in a database so we know that they can only come once a month or, or check their Social Security number or whatever. We just uh, we just try to spread it out and give it to whoever needs it. And God bless them. The faster we give it away, the more God will give us, and we can do it again tomorrow. So uh, anyway, I, uh, I know that uh, uh, people like Etsy take a old barrel or a wagon wheel or a tire or something and coming up with some creative way to make it decorative and useful and repurpose it and nobody's better at that than God I know that he did that for me and for you and and for all of us um, anyway so that's I've been uh, busy uh, today we the I loaded so much stuff on this a car hauler trailer and my poor little pickup, we pay, I paid $800 for this pickup 10 years ago, and we've put 100,000 miles on it driving people to work and picking up food and whatever. Uh, a guy had hit a deer, sold it to us for 800 bucks, and we have run the wheels off of it. And uh, the poor thing, it overheated the transmission trying to pull 4,500 pounds. It's a half-ton truck that regularly pulls a couple of tons around. Uh but uh, I, today it was we had to stop about five or six times to let the transmission cool down for hauling this big old trailer full of stuff. And we got as much stuff as we gave away. He gave us two pallets of drinks and uh, Gatorades and other stuff, and then a whole big two big pallets of groceries. And uh, it'll go a long way to uh, to helping folks. That is fantastic what you are doing there. Um, for those that may be joining for the first time, Doug, where are you located at? Give out your um, uh, ministry details. Yeah. We're fellowshipofthemartyrs.com is the website. That is a website I put up in 2005. Uh, the Lord said this is what the church ought to be, the koinonia of the martus, the comradeship of those who will not back down from their testimony and are dying daily already anyway. Uh, when he gives us the Great Commission, he says, Go into all the world and be my martus in Greek. That's witnesses. And uh, even unto death. And uh, that's what the church ought to be, not the fellowship of the comfy or the PowerPoint presentation padded room or uh, the rolling on the floor stupid, but uh, those who are dying daily and uh, being crucified looking like Christ more all the time. Anyway, uh, libertydisasterrelief.com is our expression of uh, ministry to help the poor, so that's the food pantry and the thrift store and the homeless shelter and all that kind of stuff is uh, is part of what we do there. Uh, but we are part of the Church of Excelsior Springs or Liberty, Missouri, depending on where people live, because the city church is the only biblical model 
um, when Jesus writes to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3, it's to the church of Ephesus, the church of Smyrna, and it's to all the believers in that place, not to a bishop or to one person only or to the clergy, but to everybody there. And uh, anyway, so we're just on the northeast side of Kansas City, uh, dead center in the middle of Babylon, trying to get people to repent that are the least likely people to ever think they need to repent. Uh, if the Lord gave me a choice, I'd far rather be in uh, Africa or India or just about anywhere than here because this is a crazy hard mission field uh, because everybody is self-satisfied and just sure that they're okay, uh, pastors included. But uh, here we are uh, praying for the restoration of the bride and we've been living in community, uh, using all the money to care for the poor, living simply. We got a farm, 40 acre farm with a 20 acre cave underneath it. We've got uh, a, a thrift store with a large community storehouse warehouse. And we got uh, 10 mobile homes the ministry owns. We house people that come here to be a part of the ministry or take in homeless folks. And then other people that are part of it have their own their own house or apartment or or some we've got placed in Section 8 or, um, you know, community uh, government housing or whatever um, as as people need. But anyway, we've just been here 20 years saying the same things, uh, crying, crying out uh, like a voice in the wilderness that nobody wants to listen to, that things are bad and they're going to get worse and we better be ready and we better love one another and stop fighting about stupid stuff. Praise the Lord, brother. Y'all are doing a fantastic job there. And um, welcome wherever you're tuning in from. Now, during the week, thank you, Judah. Do you have any uh, meetings that people can be a part of? And where do you broadcast yeah, off? If, if you're in the Kansas City area, uh, once a month or so, we have a conference. Uh, we call it Liberty Conference. And we just kind of stop what we're doing for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and and get together, fellowship, and be here for whoever comes. We normally get together Sunday nights. Um, sometimes that can change locations. Uh, usually at the farm, if the weather's nice, we sit around a bonfire and just pray for one another and check in with how everybody's doing and where the needs are and stuff. If somebody brings a guitar, that's great, but that's not the focus. And um, usually share a meal and just um, be, be a community together and see what the Lord would do. Sometimes there's deliverance, sometimes there's counseling, sometimes just praying for, for the folks that need it or uh, whatever. But uh, uh, Thursday nights at 7 o'clock, we have church at the thrift store. Uh, we have folks that have been so hurt by church, they won't walk through the doors of a steeple house again. But they'll come to a thrift store, and wow. uh, we get to give them a hug and pray with them and talk to them about Jesus. And uh, daily, uh, pretty much we're at the thrift store. Uh, offering to pray with whoever customers come through and and um, uh, Christian music playing and talking to them about Jesus if they're willing and sometimes even if they're not willing uh, but uh, uh, and then uh, we do live uh, videos on YouTube uh, usually my wife and I Monday at 6 our YouTube channel is FOTM1 Fellowship of the Martyrs 1 and um at 6 o'clock on Mondays and Thursdays, we do a love, a love stream, we call it, since uh, about when COVID started, and uh, just be available, and there'll be 50 or 100 people uh, in the chat and praying for you and encouraging you and folks, great folks you can get to know. And um, we have about uh, 
2,200 videos now on YouTube. Wow. Going back to the beginning of how to start a thrift store, how to start a homeless shelter, you know, Bible teaching, spiritual warfare stuff, just um, getting to watch me go from young to old and skinny to fat, and uh, then skinny again, then fat again, and whatever, but uh, just kind of tracking this journey for the last 20 years as we've tried to be transparent and show people what it's like to, to be the church instead of just go to church. Absolutely. You know, that's what I was thinking. Um, there's a lot of people going to church out there, but they were going to church last week and the week before. My, I, my, What gets me excited is, uh, are there any new converts coming to Christ? Are there any sure, signs that sure. follow them that believe in those churches? And um, a ministry like yours on the street, out there handing out food, bringing people into the thrift store. I mean, that's frontline ministry, as frontline as you can get. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you're going to reach people for Christ that do not know Him presently or have not made that decision. Again, I'm not excited by seeing a mega church. I've been in uh, parts of Atlanta and find out a guy's a Christian. Oh, where do you go to church? Oh, I go over on in Gainesville up there, Free Chapel. Well, I think everybody goes to Free Chapel, and out there they got five different or six different satellites. Yeah. So um, that doesn't get me excited. What gets me excited hearing reports like you're giving tonight? Because the harvest fields are white and the workers are few. And are we really doing anybody a service? If uh, we're operating a church and we're not winning souls for Jesus? Uh, is church growth just grabbing somebody from a church across the street, now joining the big one because it's bigger and, and, and shinier? Or are there actually any new converts, people that don't know Christ, coming in off the street and getting saved, or some evangelistic efforts out there to do it. Uh, do you remember growing up, they used to have the bus ministries and bus people in? Sure, yeah, absolutely. I don't know, do they still do that anymore? Bring in kids? Hard, in hardly anybody. Hardly anybody. Um, we had massive... Out of all of the hundred or so churches nearby, I think there's two of them that uh, do something like that, yeah. Are we going into the highways and the byways? Uh, you know, growing up, uh, my grandfather had a... Uh, church in Alexandria, Virginia and had a big school bus. And man, yep. we had some of the biggest classes on Sunday morning, Sunday school that I've ever seen. Then or since. Yeah. Because they were bringing kids in. I mean, this is exciting to hear the reports of what you're doing on the street. And it's not going to be easy, especially in America. You know. Uh, it seems we have some kids staying with us that young, young 18, 19, 20, 21 I, I, you know, we don't have minors. I can't have un, uh, you know, I can't, I can't take in a fifteen-year-old or something. Oh, sure. That's not what we're for. Sure. But, but uh, we got some young people that the police department is like, God bless you, man. <laughs> we didn't think anybody could handle that person. We, we, you know, <laughs> whatever. Call us if you need us, and uh, and they're growing. And they're getting they're getting clean, and they're getting free, and they're getting a job, and they're being responsible, and they're wanting to learn a lot more about Jesus. And um, you know, I don't know that it's for me to say who's who's saved, uh, convincingly saved, and who's not. But but uh, I know that we're making a difference. I know that we're touching lives. I, and and for me, um, so much of the of the burden on me for the last twenty years 
has been to fix the church so that when we go evangelize the masses, there's somewhere to send them that's not going to just, um, you know, wear their legs out, run in the child care department until they want to they want to quit or whatever. And uh, so for us, we have so many people coming into the store and I give them I, I ask them if I can apologize to them. And they're like, what? What? Why do you need to apologize to me? I'm like, look. <laughs> Over the years, I've hurt a lot of people, and I don't know who all I hurt, so I apologize to everybody just in case. Wow. And I give them, I give them my letter I wrote. It's called The Open Letter of Apology to World. That's on our website. And uh, the letter just says, look, hey, uh, I was a part of building churchianity. I sat on committees. I taught Sunday school. I went to a mega church. My dad was a pastor. I was a missionary kid. I spent, you know, half my life helping build this thing and then i realized uh it's killing people and people are running and and maybe we mowed down your house to build a bigger parking lot or maybe the pastor or the priest grab your butt or i don't know what but please don't be mad at jesus this is not his fault this was never his idea this isn't what he wanted this is what we built in our own power and uh let me tell you how wonderful he is and why you need him and I hand this letter out to everybody that comes through that I'm in front of, and some of them have purple hair and feather earrings and gauges in their nose and whatever, and and uh, they come back and shake my hand and cry and and are grateful that somebody finally said they were sorry for how they were treated when they went to the youth group that one time, and and they were told to go home because they weren't dressed good enough or whatever, made fun of and mocked and whatever. We've got to we've got to undo some of the mess that's been done before we can build it back the right way, and uh, we've got to show people something different than the churchianity that they're seeing because they're leaving in droves in droves. The Southern Baptist Convention has lost something like twenty percent in the last ten years, and uh, the Methodists are breaking up into pieces all over the place. Just given the building. You know, if people don't want to go along with LGBT or whatever, give us a buck, keep the building, go on about your way. And splitting up into pieces all over the place. And it's uh, uh, it's all a mess, but I hope that the result is that uh, out of it all, the bride can rise up without wrinkle or spot uh, as one. And I think it's going to require persecution. I think I think we're going to have to uh, be on our knees crying for seven years to to get us to stop wanting to fight about which Bible translation or which denomination is right. Um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a long, hard uh, thing to get broken and contrite vessels out of people with this strong a religious spirit, a delusion, really that insist that they can't fellowship with anybody that doesn't use the exact Bible translation or that speaks in tongues or isn't pre, mid, post, whatever. It's it's amazing. When we moved into Excelsior Springs, got the farm, I called the Ministerial Association president to see when the meetings were. I called around. Everybody said, call that guy. So I called that guy. Hey, I just want to see when the meetings were. I'd like to come. And he says, oh, no, you're never welcome. We we don't want you. We know about you. You're trying to tear down what we're trying to build, and we don't want you there. And I'm like, well, you know, he's got a point. Revival always discomforts the status quo 
and messes things up for the people that are comfortable. And uh, so he's probably right. So we just go about our business without any support from the congregations in town. And uh, some of them don't know us, and some of them preach against us. But uh, the people that are getting helped at the thrift store or the food pantry or getting free stuff, we have a free room at the thrift store. It's just we don't have a lot of room. So the good stuff goes to the thrift store, and then we have 50-cent sales. And if it doesn't sell the 50-cent sale, it goes in the free room, and you can just have whatever you want. Furniture, toys, books, CDs, DVDs, whatever's all free automatically. I don't have room for that stuff. And a whole bunch of housewares and dishes and pots and pans and all that stuff, just free. Come take whatever you want. And uh, there's people that are there almost every day that uh, I don't know if they resell it. I don't know if they're hoarders. <laughs> I don't know if they really needed that many grandma. I love grandma mugs or whatever, but um, I don't care. It's either that or the trash. And I'm saving a lot of money on the trash bill by just giving it away and blessing people. And God keeps pouring it in faster than we can sort it and organize it. You can't build barns faster than God, God can fill them, especially when you set yourself to help the poor and give it away. That is fantastic what you're doing there. We're live with Doug Perry if you're just joining us. Doug, on a uh, previous program, you mentioned uh, you had a little teaching on the soul ties. Are you prepared to speak on that tonight? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, we, we can do that for sure. Okay. I had hoped that we might get to that. Um. I was, uh, uh, it came up in a question, we had a, a call-in show a week or two ago, and somebody asked, where's that in the Bible? And uh, uh, I know what the Lord showed me, I see in the spirit this umbilical cord coming out of the somebody's lower back and connecting to somebody else, and a long time ago he showed me that sometimes it's a white umbilical that's about like an inch like a garden hose and stuff flows back and forth through it from this person's cup to the other person's cup and if it's a big white one it's a a godly appropriate soul tie that i would usually see between a husband and wife because they're one and so um they either one of them can make agreements with the Lord or with the enemy. So if one of them's looking at porn, um, it's in that house. It's, it's, uh, it's going to affect them both somehow. Um, it, it may not flow through that cup and it result in a porn addiction for her like it is for him, but it's going to affect them and affect that marriage and affect that house in all kinds of ways because it's in that cup, in that communal cup that the both of them share. Um, anyway, so I, I, the Lord gave me some verses right then on the spot when we were talking to that guy about, um, about, uh, uh, first Corinthians six sixteen. he who unites with the prostitute becomes one body with her. And, uh, that don't you know that if you, if you're with a prostitute, then the body of Christ is all united with her. Well, if we're not, how how can that happen? And I, I've, I've, there's various websites 
mostly cessationists that don't believe the gifts are real, that God doesn't talk to people, Christians can't have demons, whatever, that will tell you soul ties and the whole idea of soul ties is unbiblical. And I'll give you that the word soul tie isn't in the Bible, but neither is the word rapture. Uh, neither is transubstantiation or a whole bunch of other words that we made up to try to explain spiritual principles. Um, I was thinking earlier, this this one very avid, he's like, well, it's not the Bible, you know. Uh, I, I argued with the Church of Christ one time because we were having a concert in the park and they wouldn't come because we had instruments and they have to sing a cappella because there's no spiritual justification for instruments in the Bible. And I'm like, Dude, you drove a car here, you microwaved your coffee before you came, you use a PA system, and you meet in a church building. There's no scriptural authority for any of that in the Bible, in the New Testament. He didn't say go into all the world and build buildings covered in, in, in carpet where you can have meetings once a week. None of this. Why, you, you, know, you can't make decisions based on what's not there. It's like somebody saying, you know what, the word radiation isn't in the Bible, so it must not exist. So we're going to schedule a springtime tour at Chernobyl uh, because, uh, you know, if it's not in the Bible, it doesn't really exist. Well, that's goofy. We do see evidence in the Bible um, in 1 Samuel 18. It says David and Jonathan, that, that they loved each other more than they loved their own soul, that they were knit together. Well, that's God doing that kind of knitting. It, it, you know, I don't know how to knit my soul to somebody else's soul. Um, that's God that put, it says, greater than the love of women. And that doesn't mean they were gay. That means that they were connected in such a way, in a, in a spiritual way. And it had nothing to do with sex. It was the Lord uh, putting a, a, a burden on their heart for one another. And uh, anyway, Proverbs uh, 1, uh, 10 and one one fifteen says to... To uh, not not to go along with sinners, because you unite with them in their sin. So there's there's sort of a spiritual component. That's not about sexuality either, but that if you are in agreement with them, you're go, you're opening doors to whatever they're opening doors to. Uh, you know, if because uh, bad company corrupts. You know, because you're you're um, like like the like the spouses where the husband's looking at pornography. It's in the house now. That husband made an agreement with the devil to let that in his shield and into his house. And it's going to have whatever effect it has, um, uh, whatever whatever harm it can do while it's there. Um, Ephesians 5.31 says, uh, For this cause a man uh, leaves his mother and father and is united with his wife and they become one flesh. Um, that is that is about sexuality, and that infers that they're just one body, okay? But if you scrub the spiritualness out of it, and you say, well, it's only because they're one physically because they had sex. Okay, then how, when he says, don't you know that if you have sex with a prostitute, you join the whole body of Christ to her? How does that work except that you and I are spiritually one because we're of the body of Christ spiritually, and when you're joining with her, you're joining me to her too. You know what I mean? So there has to be a spiritual connectivity within the body of Christ that makes us one, uh, else I wouldn't be joined to her just because you were. And uh, it, it, sometimes the, the folks that want to just scrub all of the Holy Spirit uh, 
you know, a good a, a good passage that I look at when people say, "What do you think of this Bible translation?" I look at First Peter four ten. In First Peter four ten, in the NIV, the nearly inspired version, the preferred version of the cessationists, the Baptists, the Calvinists, the others that reformed, it says, "Whatever gifts have been entrusted to you, use them for the benefit of the body." Okay, essentially. So if you have a extra bag of groceries or gift of hospitality or whatever, you should use it. The King James says to um, uh, to impart one to another the gifts that have been entrusted to you, the manifold gifts of God, to pour into one another. And the word there into in the Greek is very intimate, very personal, uh, very spiritual. Um, it, it, and so it's not just about using gifts for each other, but imparting gifts to one another. Uh, Paul says, I long to see that may, may, may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end that you be complete. He wanted to lay hands on them so that they could get gifts maybe they didn't have. It's not about getting the gift of tongues because that's a normative experience at the time. It's about all the other stuff. He says, seek the greater gifts, especially you prophesy. And sometimes that happens by people laying on of hands. And that's not a joining sexually that's a spiritual connectivity when somebody says lord whatever i got i'm willing for this person to have poured into their cup and the lord says okay and then they start speaking in tongues or they get a word of knowledge or whatever i've seen it over and over and over all the stuff can be imparted as the holy spirit directs and allows anyway uh some other verses here uh uh, we know in Numbers 30, uh, verse 2, it talks about vows, and we know that vows bind you and can bind not just you, but your family and those for whom you were responsible. So, um, and that can have spiritual consequences. So, and, and it doesn't have to be something dramatic like writing a contract in blood with Satan for your soul or something. Um, it could just be promises to do something, uh, a vow to do something that indebts your whole family that you know you weren't supposed to do, or or that spiritually things that you speak over yourself or others. You know, I'm only going to live to be 45. My dad died early. I'm just sure I'm going to die early or whatever. Well, you're you're giving the enemy room uh, because your faith is that that's what will happen, and uh, we ought to be very careful with our words. Because of those kind of reasons, so and and those kind of vows um, can uh, connect uh, spiritually to whoever's on your downline, whoever you're responsible for. Likewise, there's a congregation near here that is a word of faith, name it and claim it, prosperity gospel place. The pastor is the, the uh, if he's not touching little boys he's looking at pictures he is the lispinest flamingest little creeper god bless him I, I the lord won't even let me shake his hand there is a spirit of lust over the whole place that is uh, is just amazing it, it is it is the whole theology of the place his whole personality his all of his teachings are gimme 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 I have never seen a spirit. Uh, I've never seen so many obese people in one church, any place else I've been. Um, we had a sister started going there, 
hadn't smoked in years, started chain smoking and couldn't quit because he has opened the doors to all kinds of lust and they have signed on under him to listen to him and follow him and he he is leading them off a cliff and they've agreed to follow him so they're going off the cliff with him and whatever spirits he's let in um they're letting in because they're hook line and sinker on board with him did i interrupt you oh no i'm muted yes okay keep going uh that's horrible anyway so it, that is a, a sense of a soul tie. There are all kinds of ways that we spiritually commit ourselves to things or open doors or write contracts um, spiritually that, that can affect us and our children. Um, the same people that would say, well, there's no such thing as soul ties. Well, they'd say there's no such thing as generational curses. But I can tell you there's a lot of people I've prayed for and the Lord instantly showed me stuff over them. We broke it off, and they were immediately different. Um, from from little kids to grown-ups, I, I, I got lots of stories about, about that. I was in Branson, Missouri, and uh, this was when we had I walked away from my furniture store, uh, changed the name to the Church of Liberty, we're meeting in the park, and then the Lord had me down at Branson, and I met a guy at a buffet at a restaurant. I, w- I wanted to pray for Branson because Branson would be a great place for a revival. You know, the Azusa revival was in a barn at the end of Azusa Street, but Branson has 40 theaters with professional musicians and lighting and an international airport and capacity to handle 7 or 8 million people a year. And, I was, and, and it's got some Jesus. You know, Branson is like, uh, I don't know, Uncle Sam – Howdy doody, uh, you know, kind of Jesus, <laughs> kind of country Jesus, but still, you can leave your car unlocked and be okay. So, you know, he's there somehow. And uh, I was driving through town. The Lord says, you know, this would be a good place for revival. And I'm like, oh yeah, can I pray for Branson? He's like, no, you're not from here. I said, Lord, please get me in front of the people that have authority to pray for Branson. An hour later, I'm at this uh, at this hotel for this men's conference. And the guy cutting the roast beef at the end of the buffet line, named Ryan, uh, we get to talking, and and he was a lay leader at Bee Creek Baptist Church, and he says, uh, this is October, he says, in August we finalized, oh, he says, uh, we were singing, Holy Spirit come fill this place, and he did. And these Southern Baptists started speaking in tongues and prophesying and all kinds of stuff happening, and the pastor said, I don't know what to do with this exactly, but this is God, and we're not getting in the way. And they went from like 350 people to 30, and he said, we just finalized the plan the Lord gave us to sell the building, give the money to the poor, change our name to the Church of Branson, and start meeting in the park. And and I'm crying, and I'm telling him our story, and he's crying because they're not the only ones, and their families think they're crazy, and all these people that left the church think they're crazy, but sure enough, God's doing it other places too, and he's like, I think you need to come tomorrow to the park and tell your story and pray with us. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I forgot where I was going with this story, but it was really beautiful, and uh, there was a couple, the pastor and I went to visit this couple, and... uh, they were both uh, young, rough, 
trailer park, and I don't say that as any kind of discriminatory because I live in a trailer park, uh, but families were rife with crime and divorce and and drug addiction and all kinds of stuff. And both of them had come from that kind of background, had gauges, had tattoos, but had come to the Lord, were in love with one another, and really wanted to serve him. And we went by their house and prayed with them. And the Lord had me break off some generational curses and pray to get their cups full. And they are on the floor just crying and worshiping and and being with the Lord. And it's really beautiful. And me and the pastor just excuse ourselves and walk ourselves out and just let them be there on the floor. And they were there I don't know how long. Anyway, I come back through Branson two months later, and she stands up. Uh, in in the Sunday morning service, and announces that uh, that years and years and years are trying, and she just came up pregnant. And we never prayed for that. It never came up. They never asked. I didn't know that was an issue. We didn't pray about that. And I said, Lord, what's the deal? He said, I was not going to have a baby born under the combined weight of the generational curses of those two families. Better to seal the womb than to have a kid born from those two family trees that were so screwed up. So I sealed up her womb until she was free, and now they can have a baby and it'll be okay. So those are spiritual connectivities um, that you see. Proverbs uh, 23.3 says that no no Ammonite or Moabite uh, could enter the assembly of the Lord to the 10th generation. Well, those are the sons of Lot's daughters that got their dad drunk and had sex with him. So kids by incest and rape, essentially, um, that they won't enter the assembly of the Lord to the 10th generation. You're talking, I'm the eighth great grandson of Daniel Boone. Okay, that's 300 years. Uh, so anybody up your up your chain uh, in your family, you know, well, there was a rumor, dad, dad grandpa had a, a family when he was in Korea or whatever. Those things can carry on and on and on and just bring repeating curses into the family tree. So those are all spiritual connectivities. And you can call them soul ties. You can call them generational lines. You can call them whatever you want, but they're real. And we see plenty of times where, you know, uh, David uh, has Bathsheba, kills Uriah, and it brings into his family tree uh, the bastard curse for children born out of wedlock, and an innocent blood curse because he killed Uriah. And so his kids, Amnon rapes his sister, Absalom takes over the throne, has sex with dad's concubines, Solomon has constant problems with women, David acknowledged that he'd done it, but he kept the little lamb that was the fruit of his sin. He never really put it away. He really never really turned from it, and she became his favorite, and the king... Uh, Solomon came from that line, even though he wasn't the eldest. So it it just brought repeated problems into David's line all the way down to Ahab, the worst king Israel ever had, until the Lord raised up Josiah, the boy king, that would redeem the family line and clean it all up because Jesus had to come from this line. Um, Anyway, so uh, I see uh, uh, when it's a physical soul tie, it's a bigger umbilical out of their back. If it's black, it's an illegal soul tie. It means that they're out of wedlock, connected to somebody they're not supposed to. If it's a teeny tiny little little line, or if there's lots and lots, like thousands of them, like fiber optics just coming out of their back, then it's probably porn uh, or they're Wilt Chamberlain. But 
uh, it's uh, those. What happens is uh, when people are connected sexually, even if it happens non-physically, uh, that there's a connection established because there's a door opened because you're coming into agreement with them. And when you come into agreement with them, you're, you're coming into agreement with all the things they've come into agreement with, which may be all kind of demons, all kind of uh, addiction, all kind of whatever. You know, when, when I look at somebody like Britney Spears or Marilyn Monroe that offered their body up to whoever, and maybe it was a pinup, maybe it wasn't a video with a short school schoolgirl outfit, uh, gyrating, dancing around or whatever. But there's people all over using her sexually and establishing a connection to her that she agreed to. And and before you know it, Britney Spears is shaving her head and going nuts and has no capacity to deal with, even if they're minute little amounts through these little teeny, um, you know, hair-sized umbilicals, there's millions and millions and millions of them pumping craziness at her um, from their prison cells, from their mobile homes, from their tra- from their school rooms, from whatever that uh, they're unequipped to handle. So you see a bunch of these people uh, end up committing suicide or getting drugs, or getting on drugs themselves, or dealing with all kinds of stuff. There's a almost an urban legend kind of. Uh, history story about the pastor's daughter who gets involved with the bad boy biker because she's going to rescue him and save him and bring him to Christ and he ends up cleaning up his act and she ends up pole dancing on drugs why? because she was unequipped to deal with the stuff coming at him uh, and he was unequipped to deal with the stuff coming at her so so he didn't have any defenses against Jesus, and she didn't have any defenses against whatever demonic stuff was in his family tree. Um, anyway, Absolutely. so the good news is uh, the Holy Spirit uh, cuts between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. And when somebody says, hey, I, I, I know that I have this connection to this person. I don't want it. I shouldn't have it. Um, you know. Uh, okay, well then let's pray. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. We take the sword of the Spirit, slice it off, cauterize the wound, and cover it in the blood of Jesus, and we're done. Now don't go reestablish it, you know. Um, sometimes that umbilical is flipping around like a fire hose trying to get back on because the ex-girlfriend that's so bad for you isn't done with you and wants to reestablish it and start it all up again and Maybe somebody's weak and they let it happen and and reconnect that thing, or they go looking at porn again or whatever. But um, you really can wipe the slate clean. We've prayed for people and asked the Lord to just delete all the pictures out of their head, all the stuff they've ever looked at. Just 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 wipe that hard drive out so those aren't even in there anymore, and the enemy can't use them. And he does, and it works. And it requires some willpower, and it requires some self-discipline, but it works. And anytime the enemy tries to throw something at you, uh, you just say, no, this is uh, this is settled. This is under the blood. We're not going there again. It's, it's done and over with. 
anyway um this is a good point doug you know i look at a soul tie is uh you know it's an umbilical cord it's it's being tethered to somebody yeah um a literal connection you're bound to them um I looked at Second uh, Corinthians six fourteen. It says, "Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness?" Right. Think about that word communion for a moment. You know, it's being it's it's a uh, many times you're making a covenant with that person. Uh, you're connected right. to them. You're yoked to them. I'll never forget it. First, first Corinthians seven, it says uh, that, that you're to marry in Christ. But if you're married to an unbeliever, stay for the hopes of their salvation. You know, maintain that connection in, in the hopes that they might be saved. But at the point where they're unwilling, you're released because you were only connected to them for the hopes of their salvation because you're supposed to be in Christ and you weren't now that can happen because the missionaries show the Jesus film in some village and the wife gets saved and the husband doesn't but he puts up with her for a while until he you know the Muslim husband or whatever puts her out and won't have anything to do with her but but at that point the connectivity that you were hoping was there that was going to result in Jesus ending up in his cup uh, he's 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 cauterized that. He has cut that umbilical. He wants nothing to do with you. That's it. You're released. But uh, but that's another t- uh, place I think where where we see that spiritual connectivity uh, that the Lord allows for the hope of their salvation. But when the when the that door closes, um, you know vows vows to end it are made you know i'm never going to have anything to do with you anymore get out i'm done with you whatever and and those also have an effect on establishing or cutting off that umbilical now we can be free you know there's a parallel verse about being unequal yoked with unbelievers that the lord gave me one time immediately after you just give me the one about don't be unequally yoked because i was looking to go back into this situation that was about ready to be terminated uh, Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of yeah. bondage. Yoke of bondage is a soul tie uh, in a yeah. negative situation. And, you know, ideally, we're not to have relations uh, outside of marriage. And you want to marry someone in the faith. But does right. that happen in practicality? Usually not didn't happen in my case maybe many people's cases out there and you get unequally yoked uh, or you've had relations more than one time if you've used tinder app some people do that and you know they've had many uh connections maybe a one-night stand maybe a relationship for a while that breaks off you've got a soul tie with every person you've laid with you know you can have a godly soul tie through like a friendship like David and Jonathan did, you can have a sexual soul tie. You know what? I or think your mother, you a, your dad, your mom, your brother. Oh, sure, a familiar soul, fam, a familial soul tie. I believe you can have a soul tie, uh, which is another way for having made some kind of covenant with someone um, uh, through tattoos. Now, what do I mean by yeah. that? Um, do you know when you shed blood, uh, you're, you're, that's a blood covenant? 
and you can yeah. be knitted to the soul of the tattoo artist? I believe there's ramifications there, not to mention the damage that the tattoo can do. You know, or Harley Davidson. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the, the symbol, symbology that's put on your skin. But, you know, uh, I was thinking about, I heard it said one time when a, uh, a man and woman have sex, in the intercourse, there are some very small tears that occur, and there is some blood that is omitted. That's a blood sacrifice through sexual intercourse. The shedding of blood. You know, life's in the blood. There's many types of different connections. You can be connected to the psychic that you go to that holds your palm, and you came in covenant with them to get their familiar spirit to divinate for you and give you a word from the dark side, a demonic prophetic word, and you got a soul tie with that sorcerer, that wizard. You're connected now. You're going to have to break these soul ties. And you can be free. And then that Galatians 5.1 says, Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't keep going back and doing this. The good news tonight, you can break these soul ties. But how sure. often have people went back into the bondage again that God wants to set people free from? And uh, yes, God can save marriages out there. But he also didn't intend for people to go missionary dating. How often have you found right. someone who's in the faith that says, oh, you know, I'm dating this person, or are they saved? No. Are you having relations? Well, yes. Well, why? You're fornicating. You should wait till the honeymoon night. But, you know, even if they didn't fornicate, they're unequally yoked. They're building a soul tie right there, a relationship with that person that's not serving God. Oh, well, you know, maybe sometime down the road I'll win them. You don't have any guarantee of that. And how, how often has that worked out? Listen, I know people right now in this country of Indonesia, it happens all the time. They get married. One was a Muslim, and the other was a Catholic. And now the Catholic has turned Muslim. Or the Christian yeah. married a Muslim, and they converted to Islam. Or from Islam back to another, you know. I mean, this is just being unequal yoke. This is just being stupid. And I'll be the first to say I was stupid. Um, I want to mention one other verse. I'll throw it back to you. 1 Corinthians 6.16 again says... What know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body for two, saith he, shall be one flesh? That's a soul tie right there. It's becoming right. one flesh with somebody. <clears throat> Can you take a harlot into your bosom and not get burned? And it doesn't have to be a harlot. It could be someone who just, uh, you know, they, they're just committing, they're promiscuous. Can you take them into your bosom and not get burned? You become one flesh. Did I lose you, Doug? It went silent there. Let me check my Skype connection. Hold on. Oh, Doug, see if you're muted. Check your connection. You went mute. Hold on a second. If you can hear me, I'm going to call you back, Doug. It went silent there for a minute. Hold on a second. I got there you back. we go. How's the audio now? I don't. I don't know what happened. It said that. Uh, oh, well, the headset okay. just stopped. The microphone just stopped working. Oh, okay. And then you called me back, and now it's okay. 
I'm going to tell you a true story about soul ties. Sure. 20 years ago, Doug, I was living on the dark side for about six months. I'd went through a really nasty divorce. Lost a child in the process. International custody battle. I lost horribly. And that just while I was going through, that's when the Lord, you know, told me. I prayed one day. I was ready just to tuck tail and go back into bondage. I'd been warned against it. God said, Lust not after her beauty with thine eyes. I said, God, are you talking to me? Open the the Bible again, Second Corinthians six fourteen. Be ye not unequal yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? I said, God, I think you're speaking to me. I closed my Bible again, opened it up, it fell open to Galatians 5 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Now, I tried to say this thing, but it went to be. This other person wasn't interested. Could continue to commit adultery on me. And I crashed and burned. Uh, I was so depressed after the defeat in the court. I didn't. I lost my son in the process. She got full custody. She didn't want him. And so I didn't drown my tears in beer because I wasn't an alcoholic. But I had a family history on my dad's side of whoremongering. There was five generations of divorce. And so I went to Costa Rica. Went down there really just to get away from things for about two weeks. And then the uh, devil set me up and I walked into the trap. I went into the bar, the famous Blue Marlin Bar, a.k.a. Del Rey, a notorious whorehouse in Costa Rica. Ladies, if your husband ever says they're going deep sea fishing for Blue Marlin in Costa Rica, that's code for they're going to a whorehouse. World infamous People, ladies come from all over Central America there. All over. Costa Ricas, Ticas, Colombians, Venezuelans. They come from all over. There's an identical whorehouse in Tijuana, Mexico, right across the border from San Diego called the Adelita. Been there about 100 years. And uh, I walked into this thing. And when I walked in, I didn't really reemerge for six months. I was on the dark side, picking up one lady after the next. Talk about soul ties. Every time I joined myself with one of these girls, I picked up a new soul tie. 200 women in six months. I did not beat the basketball player or Gene Simmons' record. Uh, But basically, I was trying to deal with my depression, loneliness, abandonment, and trying to build up my experience. And I got some experience, all right. I almost died. And I will tell you, what almost killed me were the soul ties. Now, just think right. for a moment, every time you're with someone, whether they work in a whorehouse or you just meet them on social media, there are many social media whores out there, men and women. If you've had more than one relationship and you keep doing it, you really are a hoe. Let's just be honest. You don't have to get paid for it. But many people hoeing themselves out there. Not thinking about the consequences of soul ties. And I'm connected to that person that I laid with and every person they've ever laid with. You've heard the term MLM, 
you go get two and right. they get two and you can have a big downline. You can have a yep. million people downline of soul ties in the spirit real quick. Yeah. Now, I was a professional. I was seen so many times in that bar that the the ladies said, are you working tonight? I said, yeah, I'm here. Find me another girl. I was on a mission of conquest. And I was not happy. I was miserable. I was lonely. I did not fill the void inside of me. I was looking for someone to love, but I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Like Eddie Rabbit, I think, singer, one of those singers. And uh, raised in the church. But I'm, I'm in a backslidden state. I'm angry at God that I had lost the battle that I had fought hard for for two years. I lost it due to a bad decision myself take matters in my own hand. And here I am trying to drown my troubles. Now, some would do it with drugs. I've heard people give great testimonies. You know, they, they had a hundred, couple hundred dollar a day habit. I had a $300 hooker habit per day, and that was before the meal. And you know what? I was making good money at the time. I had developed this herbal supplement where the company was living off royalties, so I had the money to burn. But I learned real quick that a, uh, a whore is like a deep ditch. It, her steps lead into death. And it will leave a man basically with nothing but bread crust while the adulteress goes on and chases the, you know, the, chases, you know, the, uh, you know, she's looking for her next uh, conquest. Right. I lost the the verse there. Now, the reason I, I I've told this before, and this was 20 years ago is because we're talking about soul ties tonight, and I'm telling you they're very real. And fast forward, five or six years down the road, I was back in Costa Rica. I had a friend come into town, and, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't involved in that lifestyle, but I made a real bad decision. He wanted to see the site, so for old time's sake, I took him back to the red light district of San Jose, Costa Rica. And I walked, did a walk through. I actually saw some of the same girls that I'd seen seven years before. Yeah. And I remember standing over next to two Americans. I think they were American. They spoke great English. And this is the conversation that I overheard. Because these girls would walk through the bar and it would be shoulder to shoulder. Okay? To stay in this place, you had to buy drinks, so you'd have to have a drink. And then it'd be shoulder to shoulder. You find your, who you're going to hook up with, and then, you know, you do your deal and you go out. And um, I, I was standing next to a couple Americans, and one of them said, Yeah, you see that girl over there? Yeah, I was with her. That one over there, yeah. Her too, she's, she's good. Yeah, last time, yeah, that one. And I looked at some of the girls that he had been with, and I recognized that I'd been with him too, Doug. Yeah. And I said, God have mercy. And that's when it, it, it dawned on me. The shock set in. I didn't know this guy from Adam. Never met him. Never part of the world. I was connected to him. If I still had that soul tie. And I broke them. But it can be just like that. You could be connected with millions of people. I was with a girl one time. Took her back to my condo. Next morning. 
she woke up, beautiful girl, and uh, with some of these girls I want to build a relationship with, but you know, they were so broken and so was I, they weren't looking for a relationship. They were looking for more money many times, and some of them, like this bigger girl, I said, well, tell me more about yourself. She said, I'm married. I said, you are? Well, I realize I just committed adultery. Yeah. Where's your husband? Well, he's in jail. Oh. And uh, then she went on to tell me she was living with another woman. And the woman was the, the bull dyke. In other words, the, the man in a lesbian relationship. So I was united with a, uh, an adulteress. I was an adulterer. And also united with a lady who was living in a lesbian relationship. I was with another woman one time. And after it was all said and done, she told me she was a witch. And I said, wasn't that beautiful? I'm connected in, this, in the spirit with a witch. You just don't know who you're hooking up with, folks. Not to mention STD, sexually transmitted disease. How about sexually transmitted demons? Yeah. I can tell you I had at least a 200 lady downline. I was probably connected with millions of ungodly soul ties in the spirit. And there's some people who got that record beat. Or maybe you haven't. Maybe you've just been with a few. Well, you know, maybe with a one-night stand. And you've lost track of that person, not to realize they went out there, and they were connected with someone, and they're still hooking up, and they're connected with someone, and you've got 100,000 soul ties in your downline until you break them. Or you looked at the same porn 10 million people looked at. Okay, what about people that say, well, hey, I don't go to no hoe house, but you're over there masturbating to a porn video of some actor or actress, depending if it's a man or a woman. Both of them have those sexual problems. And uh, it says if you lust after a woman in your heart, it's the same as if you've committed adultery with her. So what do you think, Doug? If a person is looking at porno, masturbating, they've committed adultery, they've just had that sexual fantasy about laying with that person, uh, are they... Have they become one flesh? They've committed adultery, according to the standard that Christ lays out. Well, they've certainly opened the door to all kinds of sin. Let me give you a different example. Uh, you, you, you watch a, a TV show where this nun got some award because she saved all these children. And you're like, wow, she's cute. And then you masturbate thinking of her. Well, she didn't offer you that. She she's not she's in a black penguin habit with her head covered. She's not there sexually. She didn't offer that. You just raped her. Oh now she does she's not gonna suffer from a soul tie because she didn't offer that to anybody. So your umbilical is gonna try to attach and it won't. You know, it's not gonna be on her. She didn't she's not guilty of that. But you just raped her. And you open a door to that sin, uh and, and, and you're going to answer for that as if you did it in the spirit, in the natural. You're going to stand before God, and he's going to say, but what about this 12, 15,000 people you had sex with? I didn't do that, Lord. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Because doing it in your heart is where it starts. It, I'm not guilty of robbing a bank when I get out of the bank with the money. I'm guilty of robbing the bank when I decide to rob the bank. When, when I have when I have initiated that sin and committed myself to that path 
when when I looked at my neighbor's wife with lust, I've I have sinned already, and the Lord is already holding me responsible before I've done it in the natural. So it's as it's as good as done. Whether whether it was in the physical or in in your head, in the spirit, it's the same difference. You are you're going to be held responsible for that, and you're opening the doors to the enemy that they wanted you to open because they suggested it was a good idea and you said, you know what, yeah, let's let's try that. That'll make me feel better. That'll whatever. Uh, we birthed the sin right there. Yeah. I've heard the testimonies of serial killers. And it said it started with pornography. And yeah. from there, some of them went off into uh, serial killing and even cannibalism. Folks, this is serious stuff. Soul ties are real. You can have godly soul time, a friendship. You can have ungodly soul time. And we warned for a long time, uh, people that want to get in the ministry, be very careful about counseling over the phone, a man with a woman, or a woman with a man. Hegwish Baptist Church won't let you minister. Uh, men, men with women, they have women with women, men with men because they had problems that they saw over the years that some people built soul ties. I knew two people almost 14 years ago that used to tune in the program, they wanted to get involved in deliverance. They stepped out, and they made a mistake. And this guy was uh, doing deliverance on this girl. Next thing you know, they're having phone sex. They built a soul tie. They spend a little too much time with each other. You know, it's dangerous for a married woman to be in communication with a man who's not her husband. Too much. You've seen that out there, folks. Or vice versa. A man with a, a woman who's not his wife. You can build soul ties. And, uh, you know, the more extreme soul ties are these sexual soul ties. They open the door. Now you're connected to the Spirit. You've got a bridge that their demons can walk over to you, and they can walk back to them. Uh, very famous case, Annalise. Uh, she was a famous uh, Catholic uh, case of uh, being demonized, and the Catholic exorcist tried to set her free. And after many exorcisms, uh, she died basically of starvation and stopped drinking and she would walk around like an animal and just you know starved herself to death full on demonized she was a fine girl had a, a future ahead of her went off to school got promiscuous and built a soul tie with someone they may have a, had a legion I prayed with people that had fourth stage cancer and they died and I wanted to make sure that they were saved they'd been prayed for by many others before this number of years ago and found out that they had had sexual relations with a guy who was in the occult. He was a warlock. And then the cancer came in. I mean, yeah. you don't know what people are carrying. Sexually, sexual diseases or demons. It only takes one rendezvous with someone who's carrying a legion. And you could have four to 6,000 demons from that person alone. This is dangerous. That's why the Lord says don't do it. The good news is tonight we can repent of it and we can break these soul ties. But, you know, I give my testimony. I've been in the church since I was two. And I knew better, Doug. But you know what? I was also shackled with um, uh, bloodline curses. And even after I'd come out of that lifestyle, I repented. Uh, thank God for a praying grandma. Then the Holy Spirit continued to convict me. And one day I just, I said, I, I got to stop. And I stayed at home in my condo in Costa Rica and I had to go back to the bar until a guy came into town a friend of a friend and said can you put him up your place and he said yeah I said I can do it 
and he says, hey, I want to take you out uh, to a restaurant. And God have mercy, took me back to the same place I've been going every night for six months before because they had a restaurant over there at the hotel. And I walked yeah. in and uh, fell back into it. Uh, I ultimately repent. I had to renounce all that, confess it as sin, repent, ask the Lord to forgive me, get deliverance, break those soul ties. But you'll pay a high price, folks. Don't do this to begin with. But if you have, there's a remedy out there that you can only find in Jesus. And, uh, you know, we were shackled with generational curses. The Lord speaks to me in a dream. You and your brother Damon have a generational curse you need to break. I heard that verbatim from the Lord. That was the first time I'd heard the Lord audibly speak to me. And it was in a dream. That's what he told me. Told my brothers the same thing. And then he led us to the Derek Prince book, The Blessing of the Curse You Choose. And I can look back and I could see the the family history of sin, of adultery. There was a blood, you know, a family, uh, there was a history of adultery, divorce, multi-generational divorce. That's not of God. You know, uh, and then one great-grandfather was in Freemasonry and that killed him at 52. Thank God nobody else, my grandfather, father, or me were did Freemasonry, but it was enough that great-granddad did because I was cursed down to four generations from him. These are real. I want to say this. Soul ties are real. Generational curses are real. Demons are real. There are real Christians in church that have these things still, and they're sitting at the pew, thinking all's all right. There's people that have come out of the occult, received Christ, that never went through deliverance. They still have some soul ties in many cases, some open doors. I'm watching this video by this girl named uh, Michelson wrote a book called The Beautiful Side of Evil who is in the uh, down in Mexico uh, protege of this famous Mexican uh, psychic killer and she was training to be a full on trance uh, channeler and she was seeing demonic healings she had a soul tie with this witch and she tells about people that have soul ties with evil. This is real, folks. The good news is you can get some freedom. But I will say this, Doug. I would have been dead as a doornail. The enemy was laying an ambushment out for me. I was almost yep. killed in San Jose. Going out one night with a buddy. We were walking along the street. and This was daytime. And a car pulls up next to us. Two guys were in there. And my friend Dennis said, Correr ja. Run now. He told me these guys were um, thieves. And they were getting ready to hold us up with a gun. He took off and I followed him. We got the hell out of there. And I would not, um, I was going to get a motorcycle. I would not go out by myself on a scooter anywhere or a motorcycle because I was afraid if I crashed, I would die and go to hell. So I would take a taxi to the bars. I knew I was doing wrong. That was even worse for me. He that knoweth do good and doeth not to him it is a sin. I knew it was a sin and I was still doing it. But I was shackled with soul ties. I was deceived. I was spurning the Holy Spirit. And the, the longer I stayed in there, the likelihood of me ever surviving it was getting slimmer and slimmer by the day. I can only thank God for the uh, praying grandmother and the Holy Spirit didn't give up on me. And I came to my senses. I repented and I broke the addiction. It was an addiction as addictive as any kind of drug out there. 
Sexual addiction is big. It may be the biggest. And the Lord set me free. He forgave me. But he had a lot of work to do on me. And I'm still a man in process. What is the purpose of this program tonight? Soul ties are real. Covenants with people are real. Agreements you make with people are real. You can make a soul tie becoming a, uh, making a blood pact like they, they used to do in the old days. Let's slit our fingers and join our blood. That's a soul tie. Again, I believe a tattoo is a soul tie with a with the uh, tattoo artist. They're shedding a blood. There's a blood sacrifice. Going to a psychic instead of going to God. Soul tie with that witch doctor. We're going to have many soul ties and you're getting yoked up. You're getting unequally yoked with unbelievers. What fellowship does light have with darkness? Not supposed to have any fellowship. But there's forgiveness tonight. I kind of took the mic and ran with it. I'm not proud of that testimony. But I don't want to hear anybody say that soul ties aren't real, generational curses aren't real, because I had to bury my grandfather and my father, both killed by a generational curse. The Lord took them on in. They loved Jesus, but they died before the time. And I can tell you firsthand, I could write a book right now. I was married to a harlot. How many can have that claim to fame? Twice. I went back like a dog to its vomit, and I was almost killed. And then the Lord set me free. And I was at the crossroads, Doug. The one I was with, a Columbian girl, said, I don't want to be married to a pastor. I don't like the deliverance ministry. You quit it, and we'll stay. If not, I'm gone. And I said, okay. You made the decision. It's over. That could not be resolved. And the Lord set me free of that soul tie and that yoke of bondage. And uh, yep. that's the mercy of God. Well, the, 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 the cry and shame is that Satan has, has so infiltrated the church that vast numbers of Christians that could be free don't even pray a simple prayer to be free because they don't believe that they're not free. They don't believe demons can afflict Christians. They don't believe in soul ties. They don't believe in generational curses. So it's not hard to break these things. I think when 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 somebody uh, con- commits their life to Christ, somebody ought to be there right then to say, okay, let's pray down everything. Let's look at what in your life needs to change. You know, what, what do we need to pray against? Who was in Freemasonry in your family? What's the stuff that's the the, the Lord gives? You know, I've, I I I was in Winsboro, Texas, and there was a I, I spoke at a church, and then I was invited to this women's rehab center that the church sponsored. The pastor's wife ran this women's rehab center that was an old retirement home that uh, wasn't used anymore, and the and the city gave it to this church to do a women's rehab. And there was like 20 women there, and she said, I want you to come minister to all these women. And so I, we set aside like an hour. I was there for a couple of days, and just, okay, Lord, what's in the way between her and you? Well, she's got unforgiveness. to Uncle Ed touched her when she was eight years old. And I'd, I'd tell her, and she, how do you know that? Well, because I just asked God, and that's what he said. And she would cry and never told anybody about this and would would get it out of the way, clean her up, pray everything off, and, and she would be 
uh, uh, you know, happy, get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then a, another one would come in. And the Lord was just pouring out word of knowledge stuff and just exactly what was – because my question is, okay, what's what's holding them back, Lord? And he would say, well, it's this or this or this. And I'd identify it. She'd agree to it. We'd pray it off, and they'd be free. And there was a Baptist pastor's wife who was on the board for this thing who wasn't sure about this whole gift of tongues and whatever stuff. But by the end of the day, the girls were praying for her. And by the end of the day, she came to me and said, because she'd been avoiding me all day long, but just watching. And she said, I want what they have. And, and I know that I'm not free. And 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 we worked her over and prayed, and the girls laid hand on her, and she got filled with the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. And 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 it should be it should be an automatic that we just pray off all this stuff. There's no reason not to. It's not a hard thing. It's not some big involved thing. Your head doesn't have to spin. You don't have to throw up pea soup. You just got to, you know, he says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And it's just a matter of saying, Lord, okay, I get it. I shouldn't have never done that. I said I was sorry for doing that, but I never said I was sorry for the connectivity that came because of that. Please break that off of me. Please sever whatever spiritually may still be live there and put it under the blood of Jesus. And then stand in faith on that. It's not rocket science, folks. It's very simple, just as Doug is saying. Many people are just ignorant to that fact. You know, it was the Lord who told me and my brother that we had a generational curse that we need to break. Why didn't my father break it or my grandfather break it? They didn't know. They were going on the same information they've gotten growing up in the church. They don't talk about it in the church of God that we grew up in. Most churches don't talk about it. Very few churches deal with these these issues. And, and who benefits most by hiding it? It's got to be the enemy because he keeps live landmines in a yes. person's life that could have been easily deactivated. Oh, that's exactly right because these things kept passing on down generation to generation. We fall in the sins of our fathers. And when we uh, were told what we were dealing with, uh, we applied the remedy. Right. My brother called me a few days later. He said, hey, I'm reading this book. And I said, let me tell you about the dream. And he was reading a book by Derek Prince. I told him about the dream. And uh, my brother had a recorded audio of Derek Prince, who was dead at that time in 2005. And we we did the prayer. We broke the, we repented of our sins and the sins of our fathers and broke that curse in Jesus' name, applying Galatians 3.13. The blood of Jesus, we broke it. Now, there was some deliverance that I needed after that. But we broke the curse. God performed his word. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. We would confess them, which we did. Uh, but I see a lot of mega churches out there just leading people through a sinner's prayer. I don't really hear them asking people to search their heart and think about any sins that they've committed or any unforgiveness they're holding and repent of that first. And then what about people getting baptized? Aren't we supposed to repent of our sins before we're water baptized? I was or baptized. Take communion. Or take communion. Yeah. Now that one will kill you. Potentially, you could be killed uh, and die of an illness if you take communion unworthily. How many people warned about that? There's a blessing and the curse we've got to choose. And it didn't take long for us to pray that prayer. 
Brother Doug, I believe you should lead people through a prayer before we finish here, that they sure. can break these things tonight. The good news was it didn't take long to apply the remedy to the to take the anti-venom to the uh, the poison that was surging through our veins and our bloodlines. Oh yeah, and and you don't have to do it over and over. The blood of Jesus is sufficient. You don't have to recrucify Him every day. You don't have to say the sinner's prayer every yeah. day. Stand and know that it's sufficient. Now, if you go do it again tomorrow. <laughs> then you're going to have to say you're sorry for that. But you don't ever need to repent for the same thing twice. Confess the same sin twice. Um, That's true. Just stand and know that it's sufficient. Stand in faith. And when a demon says, well, I baptized a lady once. And she was. We went down to the river, and she was terrified of the water, and and she she wanted to be baptized forward, not backwards, because she was scared to death. So okay, fine. I don't care. You're wet. It. What's the difference? So I baptize her forwards, and we're taking video of it. And in the video, there's a little circle about six inches around on the back of her T-shirt that didn't get wet, and a demon right away starts saying, "See, it didn't count because you didn't get all the way wet." I'm like, these wicked little things will just use anything as an excuse to convince you, you know, well, it didn't take, it wasn't good enough, you you didn't mean it enough, Jesus wasn't really listening, you know, he was on vacation or something, you, you better do it again and keep doing it over and over because he's probably not going to listen to you. It's all lies, man, it's all lies. Uh, Jesus is sufficient, he wants us to be free, he wants us to run to him and... uh you know, Psalm 50 says, here's what I want for you. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. Call out to me when you're in trouble. I'll rescue you, and you can praise me. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, he said, this is what I want. Broken and contrite vessels. Doesn't Fulfill say- your vows to the Most High. Do what I tell you to do. Call out to me when you're in trouble. I'll rescue you. You can praise me. Absolutely. Doesn't it say, um, there is now therefore no condemnation? To those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Right. So the devil will condemn us. But if we repent, Jesus forgives us and he remembers that sin no more. Right. Do you want to pray now? Let's do it, folks. If you've never prayed this prayer, or maybe you have, or you're just unsure, you can go through this prayer tonight. You can be free of these things. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Uh, before you pray, though, let's say someone has had multiple relationships. We're talking about the sexual soul ties for a minute. And they've got pictures of themselves with uh, these people. Now, I'm just asking you, what's your opinion on that? Should they hang on to these photographs of them and former lovers? Could that be Could that be dangerous? What? What is your counsel on that, Doug? Well, okay, let's assume that everybody's clothed in the pictures. Yes, because uh, uh, it's an automatic. If if it's if you were just sexting them or something, but uh, you know, uh, there's there there's technicalities. Okay, you had a baby with that kid. With you, you, sh- you share custody with her. Do you do you scrub all the pictures out of the house of the kid's mom? Uh, you got no interest in her. You don't think about her anymore. You understand that if you undress her in your head, it's rape because you're not married to her and you don't have permission to do that anymore. And you you have the self control to not do that. 
okay, I understand. It's part of your history. There's, you know, you're still connected through the kid. There's, there's good reasons not to just scrub her out of your life as if she never existed. What about no kids? But most of the time, yeah, you, you probably ought to turn. And like I said, with King David, um, you, you look at his life and the life of his kids, and you're like, how come it looks like constant generational curses are still live because of problems, these problems with women? Well, because the prophet came and said there's a rich man with you know had lots of lambs and this other guy he had only had one lamb and the rich man killed him and took his lamb and David's like that guy should die and he's like well you're that man and he's like oh I'm really sorry but I'm keeping the lamb well that's the that's the the the, the product the the reward of your sin he should have said oh you know what I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that here's a piece of land here's some money I'm sorry about killing your husband go have a nice life and and you know peace whatever but he didn't he kept her she became his favorite her kid became the king so it didn't you know there's two steps we we confess our sin which is to say i'm sorry i I acknowledge i did this and then we repent which is to turn away from our sin yes and and god needs to lead us as to how do we turn away from that uh you now, know, a, uh, how, how do we stay turned? Because David didn't stay turned. He didn't all the way turn away from Bathsheba. He confessed it to the prophet, but then he didn't really turn away. So it kept it live in his life. So the best thing is to is to go to the Lord and say, okay, uh, is there any reason whatsoever that I need to keep any of the stuff from this person that I was never supposed to be with, uh, was a sin to have been with, or whatever? You know, now it, it a wife where everything went sour, but you share a kid with uh, that may not have been a sin that that you married her in the first place. I've been abandoned twice by unbelievers sure. who said they were in Christ until the Lord said, "Sell all you have and give it to the poor," you know, or or do a deliverance ministry or whatever, and and they're like, "No, forget it. I'm not doing it. Uh, I don't I don't love God more than I want my stuff." Okay, off they go. Um, this you is know, is there any reason? Uh, may, maybe in the beginning it was okay, and it wasn't an illegal soul tie, and they were a wife, and you waited till you were married, but but now they're gone. You know, I don't know. Ask the Lord, but but really, the question should be: what what really good reason do I have to still have anything in my life from this person? And nostalgia is not a good enough reason. Uh, good point. A kid seeing all the pictures of his mom gone, yeah, that might be a good enough reason. But but uh, to keep score, to to show my friends how hot the chicks were that I dated, oh. no, no, scrub that all out of your life. If Jesus doesn't want to look at it, then it needs to go. Absolutely. If you got any occult soul ties with organizations like Freemasonry, you know when you become a member of these fratern- fraternities or uh, what are these sororities, you're building a soul tie. With the people there, with the organization, you're coming under the authority of the demon that heads the lodge, and maybe you've in almost in almost all of them you have to take an oath and swear to God that you will never tell anybody the the secret ritual or the secret whatever password or whatever the thing is. Good I point. was in a fraternity in college, and that was one of the things uh, before I could get baptized in the Holy Spirit that the Lord said you gotta you took an oath to God and I told you not to, and. Uh, I'm like, oh shoot, okay. 
I'm sorry, Lord. Well, then you were the chaplain and the ritualist, and you told other people to do it. Oh, man, okay, you're right, Lord, I'm sorry. So I've had to renounce all of that stuff, and um, the situation any, yeah. came up the other day where there was a guy that, my, my chiropractor that was in a fraternity in my college, and I asked him what he was in, and the Lord wouldn't let him me tell him that I was in one. Like, wow. like no, you're don't. That's that's some other guy that was dead and gone. You don't even claim that like you were in that because you've renounced all that. Good point. And if you've got any of the paraphernalia there, maybe you've inherited, uh, throw it out. Any Freemasonry stuff, you don't want that stuff. Get rid of it. That'll keep you anchored to those spirits. Let, let me tell you another thing. The Lord sent me to a major head of a ministry uh, one time several years ago. And there were several things that the Lord had me confront him with. Didn't know him from Boo. Okay? Just drove up to a... I, somebody had mentioned his name. I drove up to his place of business. I said, God sent me to talk to you. He said, yeah, the Lord says I'm to submit to you. I'm like, huh, how about that? Cool. Uh, and uh, then the Lord starts revealing stuff. And uh, one of them is that for years before, he was doing spiritual warfare, and it was just the cost was really high for his family. And he said, Lord, I don't want to do it anymore. And from that moment on, for 10 years, every night he would have a dream, and he was on a boat with a sail with an angel that called him Little Jonah. And he didn't think it was a problem. Wow. Like, he didn't get, like, like being called little Jonah is a bad thing. <laughs> wow. And uh, the Lord sent me to him, and I'm, I'm praying for revelation about what, what are we praying about here. And uh, the Lord has me start crying out, weeping. Oh, God, I'm so sorry that I walked out onto the battlefield against Goliath like King David, and then I squealed and ran home scared and wouldn't confront him and embarrass you and whatever. And he's like, I'm like, why am I praying this, Lord? I didn't do that. And, and this other guy, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> and the oh Lord shows God. him. All of a sudden, yeah, you asked to shut it off. You were doing warfare, and the cost was too much. And you said, forget it, Lord. I don't want to do it anymore. And ran the other direction. And for 10 years, you haven't heard God. All you hear is this angel calling you little Jonah every night. Wow. But you're leading, you're training 10,000 leaders all over the world. And the other one was, you made your wife an idol, and you care about how she, how, how, how happy she is more than you care how happy God is. Whoa. And I think, I think they were tied together. The warfare was like, she doesn't like the warfare, so shut it off, or something. But he... I, I knew as soon as I walked in the door and I looked at him, look at his wife, that he didn't look at God that way. That that he didn't, he, she was the idol in his life. She was preeminent. And the God doesn't say don't have any idols. It says don't have any idols before him. And so if the order's wrong and you've promoted your Corvette or your job or your wife above him, you've made some kind of agreement, some kind of vow there that's wrong. And you need to repent for that and break that. Um, this is powerful, straight talk on soul ties, folks, contracts, covenants, blood oaths. This is all connected. This will yoke you. Yoke you with demons. And demons kill, still destroy. There's not anything positive that can be coming out of an, being uh, soul ties with a demon. And you know what? 
We could have more demons than the person that we yoked up with. And now they've got ours too. Um, I think we need to deal with this tonight. You want to lead people through a prayer, Doug? Sure. Lord God Almighty. Let me pray it with you. Lord God Almighty. We've made an awful mess. We've made an awful mess. And we're not even sure how awful it is. And we're not even sure how awful it is. We can't understand the scope and the scale of the spiritual connectivity. We can't understand the scope or the scale of the spiritual connectivity. That we've established wrongly. That we've established wrongfully. We know that we've we've said words we shouldn't have. We know we've said words that we shouldn't have. We know that we've opened doors we shouldn't have. We know we've opened up doors that we shouldn't have. Maybe been with people physically we shouldn't have. Maybe have been with people physically we shouldn't have. And we're sorry, Lord. And we're sorry, Lord. You're supposed to be the first... You're supposed to be the first. You're supposed to be the highest. You're supposed to be the highest. And we have proven by the bad choices we made. And we've proven by the bad choices that we've made. That you weren't. That you weren't. That we chose things other than you. That we chose things other than you. And we knew when we did it that it was wrong and we knew when we did it that it was wrong and we're sorry and we're sorry please Lord undo it all please Lord undo it all cover it all in the blood of Jesus cover it all in the blood of Jesus sever any soul tie that was established sever any soul tie that was established void any contract that wasn't of you Void any contract that wasn't of you. Please undo the damage we did to ourselves and to others. Please undo the damage that we did to ourselves and others. It wasn't just. It wasn't the just. harm to our own soul. The harm to our own souls. We harmed the other people involved and helped them sin or participated in their sin. We harmed the other people involved and helped them participate in our sin. Please, Lord, do what you can for them too. Please, Lord, do what you can for them too. You say that nobody comes unless you call. You say that no one comes unless you call. So whatever they're involved in, Lord, please call them. So whatever they're involved in, Lord, please call them. Even if they're in a whorehouse. Even if they're in a whorehouse. Reveal yourself to them and show them that you can save them. Reveal yourself to them and show them that you can save them. We pray this prayer in faith and gratitude we pray this prayer in faith and in gratitude knowing that you hear us 
knowing that you hear us. That you're a good dad. That you're a good dad. That your promises are yea and amen. That your promises are yea and amen. That you're faithful to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That you're faithful to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And throw it as far as the east is from the west. And throw it as far as the east is from the west. Whatever generational curses. Whatever generational curses. Or vows that were taken. Or vows that were taken. Or contracts that were made. Or contracts that were made. That were not of you. That were not of you. Please break it all. Please break it all. And if we have authority, Lord. And if we have authority, Lord. Please cleanse it off our family trees as far and as wide as you can. Please cleanse it off of our family trees as far and as wide as you can. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We thank you and we praise you. We thank you and we praise you. You're a good dad. You're a good dad. And we pray all this to the Father. And we pray all in this the name to the of the Father. Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And Lord, please fill our cups with more Lord, of you. Please fill our cups with more of you. Folks, did you pray that prayer out there? And Doug may have more. If you pray that prayer, you mean business with the Lord. He'll mean business with you and I. You want to command any spirits out, Doug? I pray against against despair in the name of Jesus. I pray against doubt that he'll hear you in the name of Jesus. I pray against loneliness. I pray against lust. However it got there, I don't care if they invited it in. I don't care if they like it crush it utterly in the name of Jesus I asked Lord would send big angels with swords to chop them into little pieces to get them free and to fill their cup to overflowing with every good thing that will make them strong and bold and ready for the harvest in front of them in the name of Jesus I agree with Doug let's go come on out every unclean spirit that came in through these soul ties come out in Jesus name every spirit of lust inordinate affection fantasy and lust come on out right now we break your power in the mighty name of Jesus let's go every spirit that came in through fornication or adultery Come out in Jesus' name. All spirits that came in through porno. Lusting after her beauty with thine eyes, or his eyes. Come out right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let's go. Every spirit of succubus, spirit and husband, spirit wife, we rebuke you. In Jesus' name, command you to come out. 
Everything that came into that ungodly soul tie. Witchcraft spirits. Come on out right now. Suicide spirits. Come on out right now. All spirits of perversion. Homosexuality. Let's go. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. Come out right now. Let's go. Anything you picked up or I picked up through an ungodly soul tie. Come on out right now in Jesus' name. Spirits of anger, rage, murder, fear. Come on out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit that attacks your mind. Spirit of insanity, we rebuke you. Come on out right now in Jesus' name. All mind control spirits, we bind you and rebuke you. Come on out right now. All witchcraft. Dementia. Keep going. Double-mindedness. Let's go. Come out. In the name of Jesus Christ. You have tortured God's children long enough. No more. No more. Demons, we bind and rebuke you. Command you to come out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit the Lord Jesus wants out tonight. Manifest and go. You will not transfer anybody. You come out and go to where the Lord Jesus sends you. We rebuke you, you foul spirits. Come on out right now. Every ungodly soul to be broken in Jesus' name. Father God, loose your angels to go and recover bits of our fragmented mind and soul, wherever they may be scattered. The Lord restoreth our soul in Jesus' name. We send back any fragments belong to anybody else. Father God, send them back where they came from in Jesus' name. We don't want them anymore. We close those doors right now to every demon. In the name of Jesus, we just break every bloodline curse right now off of you. We close the door of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. Command the curses and the demons that empower them to come on out right now. At the root, anything the Lord Jesus has not planted in you and me, be uprooted and come out right now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ right now and go. All spirits of doubt and unbelief, you come out too. In the mighty name of Jesus. We also break the curse of insanity that came down the bloodline. Let's go. Loose the mind and go in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father God, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit in to fill these voids as these spirits come out. Go to where you want them to go. Yes, Lord. Every good thing, Lord. More of you. More of you. Peace, patience, kindness, boldness, self-control, gentleness, healing, miracles. Every, Every good thing, Lord. More and more of you. show them how good you are, how faithful and true you are, how reliable you are, how how you're going to stand right beside them through every battle they fight, how you're going to provide a way out. Speak to them loud and clear. Guide and direct them. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, righteous, and true. Worthy are you, O God to receive glory and honor forever and ever and ever cover them Lord cover them in your spirit better shields better weapons better armor everything Lord that they would walk free I agree in Jesus name Jesus' name. Folks, Jesus this has been straight talk on soul ties or the mass deliverance. I praise God because there's not any other remedy outside the Lord Jesus Christ to take care of these things, folks. That's why the enemies try to keep so many in darkness, not knowing the remedy. 
and people die before their time. Not taking advantage of what Jesus Christ made available on the cross. You know, as we're kind of closing here tonight, I think uh, one of the other reasons why David probably struggled as much as he did and those that came before him that went awry of the Lord is because until Jesus Christ came, there was no sacrifice on the tree. Galatians 3.13, Jesus Christ became a curse on the tree for us. And, you know, why was there no deliverance taking place prior to Jesus? He hadn't come yet. Uh, I don't know if there was really any children's bread up until the time Christ came and made it possible to break these curses in the name of Jesus. I mean, people repented, of course, and I know the Lord forgives, but... And not saying, you know, you and I won't have to... uh, bear the fruit of these bad decisions we make for a while but Jesus Christ became a curse on the tree we now have the weapons to deal with this in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus and repent and then appropriate what Jesus did on the cross he came to set the captives free Um, Jesus said if I by the finger of God cast out devils and the kingdom of God has come unto you the kingdom of God hadn't really come unto us until Christ had came and through him he became a sacrifice. We can receive salvation, deliverance, healing. It's not automatic. We have to appropriate these things. When Christ died on the cross, the whole world wasn't saved. Everybody wasn't delivered or healed. And I'm not saying you and I will get all the physical healing that we're looking for in this life, but uh, I know deliverance is available, and God does heal. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. We can, we can, we we've got the we've got the vaccine for sin. We didn't have before. Before they had to make the make those blood sacrifices. You know, I often wonder about this, Doug. When Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross, he went down to hell and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And some have said he preached to the uh, people down there in paradise. Yep. Do you think it was for the purpose also of giving them an invitation to receive him as Lord and Savior? Those that had, you know, died. Certainly. In faith. They had no law. They're, they were pre-Moses. They were pre, pre-covenant, pre-law, pre-commandments. Uh, certainly, it, it says that, uh, that he led captivity captive. So, the, the, he led them in his train. So, he, he, he left. Uh, with those who would hear um, the good news. You know, prior to Christ's coming, if you were tormented by demons, there wasn't much help for you. I mean, David played the harp, and the demons would go away for a while. They'd come back. Now, there were uh, there were there was deliverance breaking out after Christ came, and then he gave people the power, in my name you shall cast out devils. But people didn't have power to cast them out and keep them out. Not and and say, he certainly did before the cross. Repeat. Oh, he, he certainly cast out demons. Oh yes, before he went to the cross. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, he, he's son of God. He is God. I'm just talking about mankind. Right. Um, we didn't have the authority uh, to deliver people before Christ came. Uh, not to say God didn't do it uh, pr- prior to that time, but I don't read any de- deliverances happening. Um, and you know. I didn't. I don't read any remedy for the curse. Just you know, if you do this, you're going to be 
God's going to visit the iniquities of the three to four generations to those you know uh, that he'll visit the iniquities of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those that hate him yeah you know uh, some curses go down ten generations like the curse of the bastard we're told what what to do and what don't do if we do it we're we're going to get cursed if we if we disobey God but if we obey God we get the blessing but you know Jesus Christ came to be a curse on the tree and we can appropriate what he did repenting of our sins applying the blood of Jesus to it breaking that curse in Jesus name command that demon to come out says the kingdom of God has come unto us and there's those that have tried to do it outside of Jesus like some of the exorcists that try to do it today from the Catholic Church with a ritual uh, closing story I've got this uh, pretty cool DVD y'all can get it it's called 21st Century Exorcist I watched it a number of years ago but if you get the DVD you get a bonus that came with it which was about an hour long exorcism by this Catholic priest of this Colombian girl who was going all around the world trying to get help she was Catholic went to the you know went to Rome Many prayed for her, but nobody was able to help her. And so she she went over to some uh, priest that would see her in another Central American country. Maybe it was Mexico where she went, actually. And um, he's doing the whole exorcism there. They filmed it. It's in Spanish with subtitles. And I know enough Spanish, uh, thankfully, that I was able to hear some things that they didn't put in the subtitle where the demon called the man a fool and said, hey, I know what you did last night. You were masturbating. And he got real angry when this demon <laughs> called, called out the sin. And uh, he was ready to terminate the, deliver- the exorcism right there. And the demon said, you f- stupid fool. Don't you know how I came in? Because the guy had no idea. I came in when her father abused her. And she had never forgiven her father for what he had done. So try as she might, she wasn't getting any freedom because she wouldn't forgive the horrible right. thing that was done to her. And you know what? The, the priest didn't even pay any attention to that, and he just shut the deliverance down. And uh, the only time she was manifesting in this was when he would say, come out in the name of Jesus. But they yeah. wouldn't even respond with the rituals he was doing. He was had this incense he was doing and you know, flicking some holy water on her and reading the, the rite of exorcism. That didn't phase that demon. Yeah, demons sometimes tell you what their legal right is. They have legal rights, oftentimes. Yeah, and you know what? Sadly, she went away, and uh, I was so intrigued by that. I found the producers on Facebook for the film, and I reached out to them. And I said, "What happened to this girl? I forget her name now." They said, "We don't know. We lost track of her because I was going to try to yeah. find her and maybe pray with her. I was curious to see if we could get any further." And uh, sure, but. Uh, this stuff is real, folks. Deliverance is real. And we've got a real remedy that we can apply to this uh, venom that is coursing through our veins and family lines. That You need the antidote. Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross is the antidote tonight. Thank God for Jesus. Uh, there won't be much could be done for you and I, folks. We'd be tormented too with no hope in sight. And, uh, you know... We can break many of these curses. Some curses won't be broken. And case in point there, it's a point that a man wants to die and then the judgment. I think that's a that's a curse that'll never be broken. I think we all are gonna have to die. Even the two prophets. But uh you don't have to stay dead. You can be born again. 
and you can be with Christ who's coming back. Um, my friend, thank you for coming on. You bet. Great talk tonight. Before we close, Doug, how do people reach you in your ministry, and what ways are available if they'd like to support your work, which I encourage people to do? Sure. Uh, the website is fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. The YouTube channel is FOTM1. Uh, you can PayPal to FOTM at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. Uh, Cash App is uh, dollar sign FOTM, the number one. Uh, all the other stuff, uh, Zelle, Venmo, uh, mailing address is on the website under the How to Help button, uh, Donate button. And uh, uh, we're, you, we're FOTM1 or Doug Perry on uh, X and... Uh, Oh, some of the new backup YouTubes. We have videos there too, just in case. Um, we've got demonetized on YouTube, but that was never a priority for us. We don't really care. God provides one way or another. But uh, uh, we'd love to see you on the live streams Monday at 6, uh, Thursday at 6 Central Time at FOTM1 on YouTube. And there's an open chat line. You can ask questions or get prayer or whatever uh, whatever we can do for you there. Uh, on the website, there's a conference schedule once a month. We take a weekend and just be available for whoever wants to come. Oh, wow. It's free. You can see what we're doing. Hang out with us Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Uh, get a tour on Saturday. Help out at the thrift store. Give away food. You know, whatever. And uh, get personal time if you need marriage counseling or deliverance or whatever. We just we just set aside one weekend to be available for whoever wants to come. And um, we've never charged for deliverance. Uh, that I think there's a special place in hell for uh, <laughs> uh, for that, those folks. But uh, anyway, we just we just want to try and be here. We're trying to change what people think Christianity is. Uh, it should be daily and from house to house and in community, loving one another, sharing with each as they have a need, living simply. And uh, he never said go into all the world and build pipe organs and cathedrals. He said love one another. And uh, John 17, the greatest evangelism method of all, Jesus said, let them be one as I and the Father are one because then the world will know that you sent me. That is the absolute best proof of Jesus is when we uh, can be one uh, in a shocking, crazy, here's my car, <laughs> will you watch my kid, whatever kind of beautiful way that the world will be shocked uh, and will know that, that that had to be something supernatural for them to love like that. That's the way it was in Jerusalem in the very beginning, and I think we're going to have to get back to that. Hey, Doug, before we go, have you uh, considered TikTok yet? Have you tried to uh, stream on that as well as YouTube? I think we have. Uh, I think we have FOTM one on TikTok. I'm not sure. One of the guys was trying to load some stuff on there. I can't keep up myself. I have to have helpers to do all this social media stuff. And uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, we were trying to get some of our videos transferred over there because we have enough subscribers. We could do long form videos, not just the 20 second, one minute kind. I mean. Um, um, but I mean but, live stream. Yeah, if you could, uh, uh, if you could maybe set up a, a phone or an iPad on a tripod, and then uh, just mic yourself. If you're doing one way to YouTube, you just have a separate feed on TikTok, and uh, you can go uh, up to um, 
two hours. That's been available okay. for a while. It used to be just 10 minutes, but I think you can go an hour to two hours, and then um, it stops, and you can always restart it. You ought to consider doing that because you've got a great message. And uh, I'm hearing more and more from people that uh, TikTok is still super big out there, and it's growing. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try it uh, at some point, get back on it. I think that's useful. Um, thank you for coming on tonight, my friend. If they want to email you, how do they do that? FOTM at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. God bless you. And that'll come straight to me. You want to close us in prayer? Yeah. Lord, thank you for this time. Please get all the right people to hear this that need to hear it. And uh, let it just bring a rich harvest uh, of, of folks that can be free, that can walk in liberty. Uh, that would use not liberty as an excuse for the flesh but in love serving one another we thank you that you give us so many good gifts so much power and authority in your name that uh, the enemy quakes and runs in fear let us walk boldly with you knowing that this is our birthright in Christ and proudly proclaiming Uh, the power of God and that the kingdom is here we bless your holy name we thank you we praise you in the name of Jesus Christ Yeshua HaMashiach we pray Amen Amen my friend I love and appreciate you thank you for coming on and get me some dates for March and let's get you back on the schedule I'll talk to you soon Okay. God bless you brother thank you You sir you too bye bye Folks, that was Doug Perry. We're going to call that one Straight Talk on Soul Ties with a Mass Deliverance. We're just having some straight talk here. Um, where are you going to get that in today's churchianity? I talk about a lot of stuff, but not the uncomfortable topics. Truth is, many of them have been involved in it and they just have not had their come to Jesus moment and gotten deliverance. There's a famous one, though, that did, and um, he was a man that, he was a carpet cleaner named Milton Green, and he was asked to meet with Jay Robeson, and he said, this was the most demonized man I ever met. A guy was at the, you know, the height of his uh, celebrity in the Baptist church, and guy humbled, God humbled his heart, James Robeson, that is. And he got set free. And then he came out as an advocate for deliverance for many years. I don't know where he stands now. But uh, praise the Lord. Okay. I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight. And uh, did you enjoy the marathon? I'll get this show up here momentarily. And I think I've already got six of the seven shows uploaded. And I encourage you to get these shows. They're up on Podbean. You can get the app. You can just download them from your computer. There's about 12 12 other platforms that carry the feed as well. Once you get over to omegaman.podbean.com, you'll see the links to those. If you go to omegamanradio.com, you can also uh, find direct links to some of the new platforms. We're we're re-jumping, jump-starting, if you will. See if we can get some more listeners to come in that way. Uh, there's 11 issues of the magazine that we did. 
up there and some other um, updates and heck while you're there scroll all the way down to the bottom of my page and play uh, Missile Command <laughs> or Pac-Man I haven't got that up there for you hey, I, I love and appreciate all of you um, I could not continue to do these programs without the help of those who have supported this show I'm very thankful to you that have helped us you've been a great help and you're enabling us to keep this thing going week to week this is a, a walk by faith I kid you not uh, I was almost a goner last week. And then enough of you came through that we were able to hit our bills in time and then go belly up. And, you know, we're like anybody else. We have uh, obligations. And I'm believing the Lord for some financial breakthrough for many of you who have written to me, as well as myself, that we can get ahead of this thing. But if you uh, value these programs and you'd like to see them keep coming, help us any way you can. It's uh, I just want to say... Thank you in advance. My website has PayPal, Zelly, Cash App, GoFundMe. There's a mailing address. Uh, many ways to give if you'd like to. And I just want to say in advance, thank you. God richly bless you and let him give you great fruit. And um, we're going for 11,000 shows. Hopefully we're going to make it. Love and appreciate all of you. God bless you. OmegaManRadio.com. See you next time.